Well, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Motor Up Sports. I'm your host, Kenny Eaton, and today it's going to be a shorter episode. Typically, the episodes that I'm alone will be closer to 15 to 20 minutes, and then the episodes that I have guests will be around 30. Friday, I'm looking to looking the Michigan special, so keep your eyes out on that. So without further ado, today's topics are hard knocks. We're talking about the backup quarterback situation with the Lions. They just got that all figured out. We'll save that for later. Uh, we're talking. I want to talk about who should the Big Ten add as new teams because we know they're going to expand more. And I want to talk about the impact that it will have on Michigan State of Michigan because I think that at some point there's going to be a shift. between Ohio State won't be the team winning the Big Ten, and I think that things will start looking a little different in about five, six years. But I want to get into that later. And segment three is about Matt Manning, and he's come back to earth, unfortunately. So without further ado, I want to start with Hard Knocks. Last night's episode, if you're looking at it from a Detroit sports fan perspective, I did not like it because I already knew who got cut. I already knew Boyle was gone. Blau was more likely on the way out. And then they, they tried to make Blau actually look like a good quarterback for a bit on there. And I was like, okay, this is just, this is not showing what it's really like. And I think that a lot of it's just, you know, the Lions have a final cut that they need to make the film look as good as possible. And it, it, it is what it is. I think from a perspective of an outsider looking in, this would have been an amazing episode for people to watch because they've been emotionally invested in guys like Rodrigo. They've been invested in Blau. They've been invested in other players throughout the team. And now you saw a lot of those guys get caught that from a national perspective, this was a great episode from being a Detroit sports fan. It was, I thought it was an awful episode. I also was like a big fan of the players running the practice. And I thought they should have shown a lot more film of that, but we kind of just grazed over that yesterday. It, it was an okay episode. I'll give it like a B. I think there was a lot more they could have done to make it better. But I want to move on to other things about the Lions right now. That's Jared Davis still sucks. He's the epitome of a Contricia pick. And I'm so glad he's gone. He was just beyond horrible his preseason. He did not look like an NFL player. I mean, shit, he never looked like an NFL player when he played in Detroit anyways, but he looked like less of an NFL player this preseason. That pick haunts me to this day. Because had they just picked the right player, I mean, maybe this team would be in a different spot right now defensively. It's a bad team. It's been a bad team forever. This year might be a little different. I think that things are looking up a little bit. I think they have the right people in power. I believe that a lot of good things are going to come out of this year. And I think there's going to be a lot of wins. But at the same time, historically, we're, we're still alliance. And I really hope everything pans out for Hutchinson. Everything continues to pan out for Sewell. But picks like Jared Davis scare the shit out of me to this day. Now I want to move on to the backup quarterback situation now. And I think it's absolutely pathetic. You have not fixed it. Look, Blau and Boyle were not your guys. And you should have known that going into the offseason. And I get it. It's kind of hard to find a backup quarterback in today's game that's like actually good. You're not going to find many Ryan Fitzpatrick's in the world. It's just not going to happen. But 
they should have taken a hard look at Mason Rudolph, man. I, that's somebody they should have said, I'm going to sign because he's going to maybe give us an extra two wins as a backup quarterback. Granted, like Mason Rudolph is no quarterback I'd sit there and want beyond center playing a snap because you know the guy sucks. But if you're telling me Nate Sudfeld's any better, come on. That pisses me off. You had a whole offseason to fix that shit and you did it. And let's stop the fucking Kaepernick talk right now. Come on, guys. We saw fuck Deshaun Watson. He's the biggest piece of shit on the planet. But you just saw this preseason game. He literally looked horrible and he's been out of football for a year. Now you're talking about Kaepernick who hasn't played a snap of football in six years. And you want him on my NFL team. Look, I have nothing against him staying for his views. I have nothing against any of that. What I have a problem with is that he's been out of football for six years. It is really hard for a guy to come back and be good after six years. I've never heard of a player be in retirement for six years. And also, let's stop the Cam Newton fucking talk, too, because Cam Newton sucks. He's as washed as it comes. And he won't back up, and he makes a scene everywhere he goes. So as much as you guys all sit here and you guys think that there's upgrades at quarterback right now, that was the only option you had because you just waited an entire preseason to pick somebody up. So now you're stuck with Sudfeld. Hopefully Goff plays six or 17 games this year because it's going to be a shit show if he gets hurt. But talking about Jared Goff, I actually expect big things out of him this year. And I'm not talking like you got to be like Tom Brady good. You got to be like Aaron Rodgers good. You got to be like Mahomes good. No, I want the guy to be just above average. If he gets to an above average season with the O-line receiving core and running back room, he's going to be a completely different team. If he gives you what he did in the second half last year, people dismissed that he actually played a really good second half of the season last year. If he can carry that momentum over this season, St. Brown continue, continues to progress. James Williams will be back at some point. And at the same time, you signed DJ Chark, who I thought was a phenomenal grab in the offseason. You have guys. You have a lot of guys at receiver. You have a lot of guys in the old line. You have two really good running backs. Now, quarterback's the only thing that needs to be figured out in that offense. I don't think Goff's going to be nasty this year. I think Goff will have a good season where it's like I, fans will not be opposed to starting him again next year. That's how I – that's what I expect from him this year. Is I, I know he's a mentor, but I'd be perfectly fine with him just starting a year next year, teaching whatever quarterback you draft. If you trade for Lamar Jackson, obviously, you know, you don't need Goff anymore. But I'd like to see Goff stick around a couple of years just to be that mentor guy that in between quarterbacks, between Stafford and whoever you get down the road, I don't have any issue with golf. I'm not a huge fan of him. I don't think he's your quarterback on a winning team. And he did it in LA, but you can't replicate what LA did because the Fords will never spend money to do what LA did. But I have no problem with golf this year. Just stay healthy. One game missed and, and that's your season. I want to move on to segment two now. And that's who I think the Big Ten should add next. So there's four teams I think the Big Ten should add. If I really want to get into six, I can get into six, but I think four is going to be the number for now. I want to stay West Coast first. I want to grab Oregon. Look, their athletic programs are top-notch. You got Nike over there. You're going to pull the Portland market. Oregon's really a team that's like a dream. You pull USC, you pull Oregon, you pull UCLA out of the West Coast. 
And I also grabbed Stanford because I think Stanford, I know a lot of people are going to laugh at that, but if you grab Stanford academically, best in the nation, and they're the best athletic university in the, in the nation, but they're not good at football and basketball. They will win a title in every other sport. You add Stanford, I think they're a perfect addition to the Big Ten. Now you pretty much have all of California locked up. You had USC, UCLA, Stanford. I think also you got to go down south and grab a team out of the ACC. That team, the U. You need another historic program in there, solid basketball program. You get the Miami market. You need the Miami market. If you can pull Miami market, Chicago, LA, and New York, and then you go down, you grab Baylor and grab a Texas market. Granted, like we know that like Baylor's not the school that everybody in Texas roots for. But grabbing Baylor wouldn't upset me either. I think those are your four teams you have to add. And then two teams that I would take a peek at would be Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. I think you need Texas. You need the West Coast. You need Miami. Grab the U. And you might be wondering, how is this all going to affect hypothetically Michigan, Michigan State? Right now, I'm just going to speak on right now. I'm not going to go hypothetical with Oregon to U, Baylor. I'm going to go with right now, USC and UCLA, and how that affects the Big Ten. And USC really affects the Big Ten. And UCLA is not really a slouch program, per se, but USC is that school that you got Lincoln Riley there now. You have a real recruit recruiter. You have a real roster this year. I think USC, I'm all aboard that USC hype train. I think them joining the Big Ten is going to take Ohio State off the throne, and they're going to become the leaders of the Big Ten. It will be USC, Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan. All four of those teams will be competing for a Big Ten title every single year. And if you add Oregon to that mix, you're competing with Oregon, you're competing with U, you're competing with Stanford, you're competing with Baylor. Big Ten is wide open when USC joins because this is the end of Ohio State. I think Ohio State with Ryan Day, if he stays there long-term, becomes more of like an Urban Meyer-like, Ohio State team, not Urban Meyer, becomes more of a Jim Trestle-like Ohio State team. Look, that, there's nothing wrong with Jim Trestle. You beat Michigan pretty much every year. You make the Rose Bowl every other year. You're just not Urban Meyer dominant anymore. That's the issue. Ohio State right now is, I think they're on the downfall. And I think the Big Ten is going to start to become a wide-open conference where USC is going to become king. That's why I hate USC joining the Big Ten so much. It's just because you're, you're looking at, right now, Michigan State's that program that's so close to taking that next leap. Now you just added a team that's already taken that next leap who's probably better than you right now. They have a better coach. They have better players. The only problem with USC is they have to come and play in the snow in November. They're not used to that. You're going to have a much level playing ground in the winter. Well, honestly, Big Ten is – you need to catch up with SEC. You need to grab all the markets. You have the TV rights deal, the biggest in the history of college sports. Unbelievable deal made. That's why you need to go out and grab Miami and keep plucking the West Coast because the SEC, they're going to have all the South. They're going to be a better conference because I guarantee they're going to grab Clemson. They're more likely going to grab Duke. They're more likely going to grab UNC. They're going to be a powerhouse in basketball. They're going to be a powerhouse in football. And if you don't join the Big Ten, if you don't join the SEC, you're dead. Your program has been left to die. You have to join the big dogs at this point. 
That's the only way your program will survive. Moving on to my last segment, though, I want to touch on Matt Manning. And I think the guys came back to earth, unfortunately. He looked awful last night. Just awful. That was one of the worst pitching performances I've seen of the year. Look, I'm not counting out Matt Manning as a player yet. I think he'll be a fine number four pitcher, three pitcher on a winning team. He's no ace. He was pitching like an ace for a bit. If he, He's no ace for you. He, he's going to be like 370 ERA pitcher, I think, his whole career. He'll get a few strikeouts. He'll win some games. He'll pitch in the playoffs because he's good enough, I think, to pitch a playoff game at some point down his career. But overall, I've lost hope. I've had lost hope for a while in this organization. I just want Matt Manning to pitch really well the rest of the season because if he can boost a little bit of trade value this offseason, because there's only two ways to solve this, is if you spend a half a billion dollars to try to fix this, which is completely not happening with Chris Illich, or you can go the other direction and you can go out there and you just get rid of everything. You get rid of Torkelson, you get rid of Green, you get rid of everybody. You tear this thing apart and you rebuild for five more years. The first option is what I want them to do, which is just go out and spend money. I'm not a huge fan of us going out and trading everybody away. I, As much as I think it needs to happen, I think that Chris needs to just open the checkbooks and spend like his father's offseason to fix it. Because I do want to see Riley Green stick around. I want to see Tarek Skubal still be here in the future. I want to see Casey Mize here some point down the road. Torkelson, I, I can give a shit about at this point. He doesn't want to hit up baseball in AAA. But at the end of the day, they need to go out there and they need to figure this out right away. They need to grab the best GM out there. Obviously, Theo Epstein's your dream. Why would Theo Epstein ever come to this shit show? He would never. So ignore Theo Epstein. You got to go out there. You got to grab the best GM available. And I want somebody, I think if you're going to go rebuild for another five years, you need to take a look at the Dodgers scouting department. You need to take a look at the Orioles scouting department. And you need to take a look at the race scouting department. Those three teams, I think you need to grab the best scout to lead a rebuild. Look at what they have done. This, those teams are exactly, not the Dodgers per se, but the Rays and the Orioles are exactly what I think the Tigers should be. And they're just underperforming just horribly. We'll see what they do. I hope Matt, this is just a blimp in the road for Matt Manning and he comes back and he plays great the rest of the season. But I'm not sold on him. I'm never going to be sold on him. I don't think he's ever going to be an ace like people think he's going to be. We'll see. I'm going to conclude this episode more than likely hour-long episode Friday. I'm going to have people from Michigan State. I'm going to have some people on from Michigan. And it's just going to be an hour-long segment on Michigan-Michigan State football and Western because Michigan State's playing Western. Have a good day, guys. I'll see y'all on Friday.